This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome back to the Principal Leadership Lab, a podcast experience created for you by two public school administrators. Without further ado, let's join Jeff and Adam in this week's episode. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Another episode of the Principal Leadership Lab with my good friend, Adam DeWitt. Adam, my brother, how are you? That is the greatest welcome you've given me. My good friend, greatest friend. That's pretty awesome. Nice job, Jeff. Thanks. I'm doing great. I think I said good, not, I don't think I said greatest, but oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to listen to it back to find out. But you are, you are my I, longest friend. I mean, lo- you're my longest friend. How about that? Yeah. 25 years, right? Is it 25? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, that, yeah. Longest friend is like tall though. Like I'm not that tall. No, well, no, you're not. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're kind of short. So you're little I am, I think. Talking longevity. <laughs> That's right. So, so, you're, so you're doing well. I'm excited to be back on the Principal Leadership Lab tonight. We are we are um, getting up there, uh, up above 30, 40 episodes, and I'm so excited about that, man. Yep. We have a special uh, announcement coming up, don't we? We we do have a special announcement. I don't know if you yep. wanna if you wanna tell people that now or just if it's well, a secret. I mean, I never know when when to spill the beans on things like that. But see, the problem is by the time we air this episode, it won't matter anyway. It'll it be will already on. have happened. It will already have like, happened. Yeah. This is kind of like in the future, like back to the future. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, I mean, I mean, we are, we are moving from, um, well, at the time of this recording, we are preparing to move from one episode a week to two episodes a week. And so we're, we're, we're pretty excited about that. It's going to be Yeah. Very. So excited about that and, and still so very thankful to be part of the Teach Better Team Podcast Network and uh, just lots of things to be happy for right now as we head into the holiday season. And I always say that the holiday season starts with my birthday. It's coming up, followed by Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. But my birthday being first and foremost because that's the most important one. Yeah, and it's going to be 50 and it's like Black Sabbath, which goes along with your whole metal theme. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I got your back. It's a Black Sabbath tune to kick off next Tuesday. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to talk to Dave Schmidto and he's going to play some Sabbath at the Mastermind next Tuesday morning. You got it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Hey, Adam, our guest today hails from West Coastville near Allentown, Pennsylvania, out of West Coastville Elementary School, Tara Desiderio. Tara, how are you, my friend? I am doing great. Thank you. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you on the show tonight. So thrilled for you to be here with us. And I'm thrilled to be here as well. All right. All right. Well, um, let's get rolling uh, tonight. Um, Tara, I mean, for our guests who don't know you, and, and listen, people, if you're, if you're not on Twitter and you don't know Tara, then something's wrong. Or if you are on Twitter and you don't know who Tara is, then there's something wrong. Um, but if, you, if you're not, and I understand not, not, you know, not everyone is on Twitter. I, I get that. Uh, you know, I've tried to push my staff and I, I don't know about you, Tara, but I've tried to push my staff towards Twitter and just, you know, some people are, are willing to jump and others are resistant. They don't want one more thing to do. They don't want to get sucked down the social media, you know, hole. And I understand that. It's okay. It is so, definitely one of those things that once you, once you get there, you understand why people like it. So it's just a matter of getting yourself there. 
Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Adam, you and I have talked about that too, like getting people mm-hmm. on Facebook. I, you know, Adam and I both started uh, tr- trying to get our staff on a Facebook group and uh, th- that's tough too, you know, for whatever reason. And I respect that. So whatever your reason. You know, I was actually thinking about that the other day because I have the group started, but it's not really overwhelming in terms of participation. I thought, Jeff, we should join forces and have your high oh. school and my high school so that they can feed off of one another. You know, not not even necessarily like in competition, but to be able to say, wow, they're doing that. Why can't we do that? And my answer is always exactly. Why can't we? Yeah, we can. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good idea. We'll have to explore that a little bit. I like, that, I like that collaboration and the ideas that people can just feed off of one another. And that's the, that's the most well, powerful part. That's the thing I love the most about Twitter. I mean, you guys know it. So when I'm stuck, I can post a question and people from all around the world will help me out. Our Voxer group is the same way. I love our Voxer group for the PLL. <laughs> for, for many reasons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all the reasons. <laughs> all, the, all the reasons. All the reasons. Hey, so Tara, I mean, back to you. I mean, t- you know, for our listeners out there, uh, t- just tell us about you, you know, to let, let people get to know you. What's your, what's been your leadership journey? Well, I started out as a kindergarten teacher and taught in kindergarten for quite a few years um, before moving to a kindergarten center in our district, which we opened for only four years while we were building a new school. So we had moved all of our kindergartens out of our buildings and into one lovely little building. And I was a kindergarten teacher there for two years. Wow until I became principal of that building. So it was like a dream come true, having taught kindergarten for a very long time and that absolutely being the children that I embrace the most and understand and love their little journeys. And um, to become the principal there, and I was able to do that for the last two years until we closed the building. And then I moved over to my current building, which is a K to five building. Um, and I have been there for the last 11 years. It's been amazing. And, um, and it's been great to just learn and grow with our team and our kids. And um, I think the leadership journey has been something that truly has encompassed everything that I do. So, you know, as a teacher, I, th- I, think, I think it's so important when we actually talk about leadership from every seat. So it's not mm. about being a leader. And, and myself, I'll tell you this, <laughs> that we call, we call a boss the B word, that we do not use that word in our uh. building because, um, because truly it's not, about, it's not about being the boss of anybody. It, it is about embracing the journey with everyone around you. And we always say we're one big family and one big team. And if somebody's not playing their part, we're not winning. So it's just all how you look at it, right? It often is how you look at it. And from the perspective of a kindergartner, I'm sure it's a lot different. And I can only imagine, so I know how kindergarten teachers are. They, they require a lot of energy. How is it different as a principal in, in, with mm. kindergartners? And Jeff, you've had that experience too as, a, as an elementary school principal. But Absolutely. this is about, since tonight's about Tara, <laughs> how do you, how oh, do you meet yeah. their, level of, uh, their level of energy? <laughs> So honestly, that, that is what you have to do. If you, I, I always say that every teacher should have to have some time in kindergarten because you've never really taught until you've been in a kindergarten classroom and tried to manage however many five-year-olds they put in front of you. So <laughs> it is a wonderful experience. It's eye-opening and you either love it 
or you don't. And, um, and I'm blessed. Like I, I do love being in a K to five building and I love everything about the kids in our building. But as you get beyond those, those scope and sequence, I like someone who is a middle school teacher that will tell you like, I love my middle schoolers. And like, and then I had just seen my daughter go through middle school and I'm like, oh my, the changes and the emotions. And I don't know that I could do that, but I could do little, I could do climbing, <laughs> I could do shoes. I can do, let me help you hold a pencil. Let me, let me teach you how to be a well-rounded student. And, um, but everybody's got their thing, which is why it's beautiful about education is that you find your niche and then you just run with it. Well, I just know that we don't pay them enough. That's, oh. you know, 4KK, 1, 2, that is, that's hard work. And, and, and they don't ever care that you might be sad or out of energy or a little bit sick. They expect you to be on your best behavior at 150% every day, ready to go. So either at the end of the day, you feel better because the students have made you better or you're just completely wiped out. Yeah. Because developmentally, they're not there yet. They have no mm -hmm. idea about your feelings. Nope. They're just learning about theirs, which mm -hmm. they truly don't understand either. So <laughs> it's a lot like middle school, except they're bigger at it middle is. school. Right? It is. <laughs> For sure. For sure. That's Adam. Who, so Adam and I, Tara, Adam and I, um, my, my, my first year teaching, I, I, you know, when you first start out, you teach wherever that wherever you can get a job. And so I taught like an hour and a half from my house, eighth grade. And then the very next year I came back to where I, you know, my community and that's where Adam and I met. So our, my second year of teaching, uh, he happened to be on the interview panel and Adam, who was that wonderful soul who taught kindergarten, um, and she was the most patient person in the world, no matter what. I don't know if you remember her name. Adam, I do. But I don't remember her name though, but yeah, I do. I remember her. Yeah. She, I mean, she had it going on and Tara, I, I, I agree with you. I think even though I didn't, every teacher should have some time in kindergarten. I spent time in kindergarten as a principal and I loved every minute of it. I I'm the guy who would go in there, disrupt things, have the kids climb all over me and then I'd leave. <laughs> And as a kind as a previous kindergarten teacher and now administrator, I would never do that because I know the ramifications oh, I of know. what happens when you do I that. Know. <laughs> I know. Listen, I'm writing. Um, I'm writing a, a kind of my autobiography about becoming a principal. And a lot of it has to do with my eight years that I spent as an elementary principal, which I loved every minute of it. And the, I, so I went back to, I reached out to the teachers who were there at that time that I was there and I asked them to send me stories of, of, you know, like our time together. And, and of course you wouldn't believe it, like th at least three or four of them wrote about how I would always come in and disrupt. <laughs> And they, they loved, they loved me. They loved me for it, but I would pass in the hallway. I'd reach my hand around the corner and turn off the classroom lights and keep walking. Just stuff like that. And at the time they were like, Mr. Brickett. It definitely is a character building place. You, you learn a lot about a lot of different things all the time. And you're always on your toes. I said, there is never the same day twice. It is a new journey every single sure. day. And, um, and just being in front of them, they are so excited to be there and to know that we can actually sculpt their minds and, and help them with their trajectory is just, I think it's one of the biggest gifts we can be given. So I feel blessed every day to be doing what I'm doing. Well, I love to see their gains, you know, in so many other grade levels, uh, the higher we go and in, in through that, um, through that plan of K-12, mm -hmm. we don't see those 
those changes as often, but man, from day to day, you can go from non-reading to reading. And it is, it's really cool to be able to have that at the elementary level. Now I can't say in my career that I've been able to have the, the 4K K12 experience. I worked in the elementary school, but you guys both have had a different experience, principal and then as teacher within that realm. So sure. bless you guys, that's for sure. I'd run out of energy before noon. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you both. And uh, you know, I I've been blessed to have the administrative experience at all three levels. And so um, I agree with you, Tara. Uh, it's a new day every day at the elementary level. At the high school level, it seems to be the same thing. Sometimes you know we catch kids vaping in the bathroom, and that's what we're dealing with right now. You know, not right now because there's no kids in the building. But <laughs> that's that's the kind of thing we're dealing with. I, I love all levels, but I always say if I were to go back, if I had to go back and do one of those three levels again, it would probably be elementary. I mean, those kids just love you. And I, and I love them. You know, that was not that I don't love my high schoolers because I love them to death, but it was a different experience at elementary. It is. It is. And you know, the, the fact that we're given the opportunity to kind of set the foundation for what they believe about school, I think is just so it's such a gift to us that we can do that and we need to not take that lightly you know that, that this is a big responsibility we have that sure. we really we really sculpt their minds and kind of their viewpoints on what school's all about, what they think about going to school every day. Are they excited to do that? Are they not? You know, how do they, do they believe in themselves? Like we have that power because by the time they get to the middle school, they already kind of have those mental models in place and it's harder to change. Certainly. Can you change it? Absolutely. Sure. But is it harder to change? Yeah. So, um, so first and foremost, our biggest job is truly to create well-rounded school students who love learning and who, who know how to engage in interact with everybody and that's our first job because once we do that and once we set that foundation we can teach them anything so for sure exciting yeah the older we get the harder it is to change and jeff is a prime example of that with his 50th approaching i don't understand right? so exciting your birthday's <laughs> i don't understand adam why, why do you have to why do you have yeah. to do that Actually, Jeff is the, he's the opposite of that, actually, but it's more fun to make fun of him as 50 approaches. Of course. And Jeff, you, you were talking about all these holidays coming up, and you said you, your birthday, and then you said Halloween, and you skipped right over my birthday. Breeze oh, birthday. what? Is it October? It is. It's your October is what? So it will be Twi your birthday, and then, oh. then Halloween. Okay. All right. Our birthdays right there, right, right in a row. Yeah. I can't wait. To, is, is yours on a Tuesday also? Do you know what? I'm not sure. No, I don't think it is. Uh, no, two days before Halloween, so I don't think so. Yeah, no. Oh, uh, exciting. Okay, there we go. Three great holidays in October. See? I love it. I love it. Hey, did you say that you have currently been at your current, uh, did you say you've been at your current building for 11 years? 11 years in this building. 11 years. Wow. That's, that's I mean, for, for a building principal, that is some longevity right there. Right? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, too often, you know, I, we talk to leaders, at least I do, and, and the, you know, it, it feels like they're always ready to jump to the next thing, you know? And so can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, sure. for, for, for leaders out there who are listening about the importance of consistency in the same place and what that does for their rapport and trust among staff? 
It's something that, that we've talked about a lot over time because um, it's been a question, you know, do you want to, to go to a different building? Could we use you here? Could we do different things? And my answer has always been, I will always do whatever anybody needs me to do. I'm always there to help. I'm always there to do it. However, do I feel like I'm done with the job I'm doing with my team right now? And I have to keep saying no. Every year my answer is mm. no, because when we look at our team and what we're doing and how we've grown together and all the things that we still have to do, there's still so much on our journey. And we talk about that every day. And it's a, but that is about becoming a school family. And that's something mm. that's really, really important to me is that we talk all the time about our family and our school community because our kids and our teachers and our, and our parents all kind of come together to make that family. And that's something over time that has really grown in my mind as far as um, what's important and what our job is. Certainly being an instructional leader is so important and we need to make sure that we're modeling what needs to go on. But again, you can't mm. do that until you set that foundation of trust and that, you, that, um, that our teachers feel like they're supported and that we're there for them. And then once we get past that, that's when we can actually do some real, really great high level instructional things where they know I'm willing to take that risk because I know you're going to take that risk with me. And if I fail, we're going to celebrate that failure together and learn from it and follow up and figure out where we go from here and that it's going to be a supported thing. So that ability to take risk and really embrace that comes from time and trust and mm -hmm. just being there. So having an open door policy and always being, you know, able to be there and welcome people in. And, they, and that was one of the biggest things that, that I did when I got to my school was say, I want you to come to me. I want you to talk to me. I don't ever want this to ever feel like I gotcha in any way. When we're test taking, when I'm observing you, it's all just part of the journey that we're growing together. Such a great way to view that. In fact, I think you, I know that you also use the words lens a lot. That's a great lens to view your leadership style and for others to get that same view from what you did. It's got to be a comfortable place for teachers to feel that comfortable, I guess, maybe. I don't know, I don't know what word you would put, but it seems like it could be a comfortable place to continue to grow as you lead and they lead and you, you do it together. Thank you. I, I do. I love the word lens. And I do believe that choosing our lens is one of the, the biggest gifts we're ever given in a day because the way that we choose how we see things, it, it really impacts our trajectory and, and what we're going to do next. And so we can choose to, do, to, to view something one way and we can choose to view it in a negative way, but that's a choice. So we need to own the choices we're making when we're viewing things. But we can quickly, I, I, I joke all the time because for a little while I was saying a lot that I was busy and I'm like, oh, such yeah. a negative connotation to it. Like I'm busy, but I've really changed that. And I've tried to take that word out of my vocabulary because truly I now, I now view it as my plate is very full, but I put everything there. So I feel blessed mm. for what's on my plate and what I have going on. And yes, does it take a lot of time and energy and everything to do everything? It does. But guess what? I'm blessed that everything is on that plate because I've put it there and I've welcomed it there. And if it shouldn't be there, then it needs to, it needs to be moved off my plate. Um, so you just, again, it's just the way that you view how your world is happening around you and who you put there. And so that's what we talk about on our team a lot as well, is that you know it is our space 
collaboratively. And so how are we going to make it be a space that everybody wants to come into and everybody feels welcome? And that's one of the things we pride ourselves the most on is that when people come into our building and they say, I felt so welcomed, that is the biggest compliment we could ever get because we want you to feel like part of our family when you come in there and always feel like you want to be inside the building with us and be doing things on our journey with us. Love that. There's so much there, you know, going back to what you said a little bit ago about falling up, you know, I mean, you, you, and, and you, you know, you and I have been connected on Twitter and through Voxer for a little while now. And uh, there was one point where you, 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 you said that to me and it reminded me like, okay, I, this changes my mindset. You know, you, it's okay to fall, but let's fall up. Meaning to me, like, okay, I'm going to fall up and I've got another chance to do this. You know, it just flips your mindset and, and the stuff about choose your, choosing your lens being one of the greatest gifts gifts that were given. And I used that today with a teacher who came down, he texted me, he, one of my science teachers, and he said, can I vent you for five minutes? And I'm like, oh boy, because um, you know, it's never going to be five minutes, but really it, it pretty much was, it really was only five to 10 minutes. And he was just, he was just so upset that, that, you know, all of our kids are digital right now. And, and so many of his kids are, are beyond even trying the D's and F's all over the place. And he's never had this many. He feels like a failure as a teacher. And I'm like, listen, man, you've got to give yourself a break. First of all, extend some grace to yourself. Right. And, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to flip the script a little bit. And instead of all these calls and emails that you're making to the kids that are failing, which you have to do, call to kids who are rocking it, call their parents. Yeah, but they're high school kids. I don't care. Call their parents, even though parents of your seniors and tell them what an awesome job. I promise you, you're going to get some tears. He sat back in his chair and he said, Dr. P, I didn't even think about that. You're so right. I'm going to, I need some optimism in my life. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. There you go. Choosing your lens, right? Choosing you're your right. lens. And everybody around you feeds off of that. So when you post something like that and you start thinking about that, his kids will feed off of that. So if he is, is promoting the positive in his class and he is, and I'm sure he's a fabulous teacher. So if you take Absolutely. that and you look at, because often our, our best teachers beat themselves up the most. So mm -hmm. like, you know, when yeah. they're thinking about that, but it is the, the lens that we choose to go into that. And would I want to be in my own class? So would I want to be on a Zoom with me? You know, would I want to be in that setting? And if not, then what can I do to want to be there? there because being, you know, being talked at or doing, like let the kids have a narrative in there um, because they've got a lot to say and a lot of great things to say. So flipping that so that, you know, get people involved. If he's feeling that way, I'm sure his kids are, but he needs mm -hmm. to involve them in making that decision to move forward. Um, so it sounded sure. like he already chose that's great advice. Choose For a lens sure. to go into tomorrow and hopefully that yeah. Happens. yeah, I really hope so. I mean, and I did tell him that too. Like imagine all if, if adults are feeling this way, you know, and we get down in the doldrums some days, imagine the kids who are mm -hmm. home by themselves, probably at high school level, the parents are working, they're, they're trusted at home by themselves. They're, 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 a lot of them are depressed. They don't, they, don't, they don't have any motivation. So come on, we, we can only do what we can do. And, and let's focus on the positive as well. So I think that high school kids too, and, and that's where I'm, I, I do middle school and high school, but the high school students, we think that they can tell us how they feel. And we think that they're better at expressing their emotions than they really are. And we really need people like your science teacher to make those phone calls home because they're, they're not going home and telling their mom and dad how, how hard it was to earn that grade of an A, B, C, whatever, whatever grading system you're using in your school districts. It's, it's, 
it takes relationships and lots of conversation in the hallway and phone calls. They, they want to be, they want to be touched by our voices just as much as elementary and middle school kids. They just don't tell us. For sure. There is so much power in, in building connections and, and having connections with people. The, the, one of the things that we, we talked a lot about and is making phone calls. And as an administrator, you know, I, one of the things that I didn't, I, I didn't feel like I was doing a good enough job at was reaching out to my parents, like actually really connecting with them. I kept evaluating why uh, I feel like our bridge between home and school is strong, but not strong enough. And how do I continue to build that bridge? And so I was just, you know, I talked to people and you ask those questions, just like we said about your science teacher, ask questions, ask why it's not working, what could go better. And, um, and parents, you know, said like, I don't know that I always felt like my voice was heard. So I started thinking about like, how could I involve our parents' voices more in their kids' education? And so when our, when we, in the summer, I started by the summertime, when we have new students that join us over the summer, no matter what grade they're at, um, I call them and I have a conversation one-on-one -on -one with them. And we talk through like, where'd you come from? What are your hopes for your new school? What are you nervous about? And we kind of get over that hurdle of where I'm going to make you be okay with giving us your babies when, they, when you're, you're dropping them off on that first mm. day. Um, more specifically, all of our kindergartners, I now call all of our kindergarten parents and spend as much time as they need with me just to kind of navigate, you know, what is this world? And if it's their first baby coming to school, they've got a lot of questions and they're more oh, anxious yeah. than their baby who's so excited to go to the big school, you know, and ride the big uh, bus uh, yeah. and do all those fun things. But it's the power of actually giving the gift of time to people and really listening. And we've talked a lot about how listening is a lost art anymore. Oh, and the yeah. power of actually actively listening and being there and being present for that conversation and not letting your mind go to the next 15 things you have to do. Real, people can feel that. So when mm -hmm. we do that for our parents and we build those bridges, I've even started doing that with like, when my parents will say something to, on social media, like we, we, ha we try to meet everybody where they're at. But if you send me a Facebook message, I used to answer you there and I might answer you somewhat, but I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to call you. And I'm going to say, okay, I understand. You were having a hard time with that. I could see it in what you wrote. So help me understand where you're at. And when you do that mm -hmm. and you take that time, you just make such an emotional deposit that they need it at that point, And then they trust you more to be there. So, um, so really, I think that that's one really big thing is that if we want our families and our kids to trust us, our kids trust us more when, our, when their parents trust us oh, because they sure. trust their parents. So parents is where we really need to meet, you know, meet our families at, at our parents, whether that's two, two parents in the same home or in separate homes. We need to make sure that all, all parents feel involved in our school family. So true. So true. And, and I want to tie that into to what you said about, you know, as a leader, uh, trying to stay away from always saying I'm busy, you know, I'm sorry, I couldn't get there. I'm sorry, I couldn't return your call. I'm just so busy right now. People are going to stop coming to you, right? And, and because they're going to think, oh my gosh, she's so busy right now. But you know, you're also downplaying how busy they are too. You know, I mean, everyone's busy in their own in their own manner. So I love the idea of making emotional deposits that builds trust, it builds rapport, and it also um, really helps people to listen more. If you take the time and they know you're not busy, they know they're not, you're not trying to push them out the door because you're right, listening is a lost art. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. 
we've so got to get people even if to you do have it. all those all those things on your plate and you're doing things there's oftentimes that i'll say to someone uh, they'll say do you have a minute and i'll say you know what i'm just on my way to do this but can you walk with me yes. and like i always invite them along like we can talk about whatever you need as long as you're okay with walking with me we'll get there and you know if we need more time we'll catch up later but yeah have until i get there so it's about creating that space where you know that you're valuing people and their time because that might be the only time they have mm. in their day and that might be you know a time that I don't exactly have so we have to meet them where they're at and try to uh, to work through that I like that uh, little example Tara because we have a you know the leadership lab is about experimenting so mm. trying to find a way to answer people's concerns or questions you know come on with me let's walk I, I got to go somewhere else and I also found that uh, sometimes just telling them I don't have time right now, but let me schedule you for tomorrow at one. Yes. And you put them on a calendar and they're like, wow, I'm on the calendar, you know, and I'm like, I'm not that important, but you're still on the calendar. And so they, they feel good about that. And I think both can be used. So. And I think too, one of the biggest things that I found is that um, is when people want to talk to you, I also give them the, the opportunity to choose the space we're doing that in. So when mm -hmm. you say like, when we're talking, I'm like, okay, would you like me to come to your classroom or would you like to meet in the office? Like totally up to you. Because sometimes people may want to talk to you about something that's really difficult and in their own space, they're more comfortable talking. Yeah, So sure. really like identifying with what they, and I try to read people as to where they're at. Like, is this just a quick question? Like you just need me a couple seconds or is this something that's really weighing on your heart that you need time from me and sometimes they want to do that in their rooms and sometimes they want to come in my room and they're like can we just close the door fine so it's all about where meeting our our teachers where they're at and what they need from us at that time love that love that so true and and like you said about your plate i mean we have to remember this and some people will take offense to this when you said my plate is very full but i've put everything there you know and then i could hear people saying you know i could hear it in the back of my head when you said that well i didn't put this there and i didn't put that there but i promise you and you know and i've talked about it before in in voxer group or the mastermind or wherever that i, I was able to find 30 extra minutes a day if it's important to you you will find 30 minutes extra a day that means you have to drop stuff off your plate mm -hmm. that that by the way that you put there <laughs> so it's so important it can be done it really can if it's important to you you will find a way to get it done mm -hmm. so and again that is part of choosing your lens jeff because when you look sure. at like i didn't put it there it, it may not you may not have put that one thing there but indirectly, like, like I think about like things that really weigh on my heart that, that are on my plate that I didn't exactly put there. Um, my little guy um, has, was diagnosed a few years ago with type 1 diabetes. And we didn't, mm -hmm. we didn't put that on our plate. But guess what? We did put him on our plate. And he is one of yes. the most important per people in our life. And so we put him there. So anything that comes along with it. And that's what we sometimes forget, that this came to our plate because of what we put there too. So when things are important, you make all the space for it, you embrace everything that, um, that comes with it. So sometimes those little things that we view as like, we didn't put that there, but it came along with something that's really, really important to us. Such so, a good lens, um, so such a good to, lens. So we have to embrace it. Such a good lens, I love that, yeah. so good. So good. Well, go ahead, Adam, I think you were gonna say something. <laughs> I was going to say something. I was. I was waiting for the time to, to, to jump in. The awkward pause. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say one of the things that we always ask on our, on our podcast, Tara, is we always are looking for a way to overcome some of the challenges that we face. And maybe somebody else can, can glean some 
leadership experience from us. So can you tell us about a leadership challenge that you have either overcome or maybe you fell flat on your face and you want to tell us how you would never do it again? <laughs> um, well, okay. So the one thing is, and when I think of challenge, I also think of people often saying that things are problems when they come. Mm -hmm. And the one, the word that I will always switch it to is opportunity. So I think that any one of these things, challenges, problems are all opportunities for us. So when we look at even right now, and we're talking about all of the all of the opportunities that are on our plates right now, because there are many. Um, we look at how the opportunities that have been put before us are helping us grow. So I I really think right now when we look at if we're, we want to speak, everybody's kind of talk about the same things. We are all kind of living in a world where we are living between pretty much teaching two different schools of kids. Um, and, and for me, I, I keep saying like I'm overseeing three different schools because we have an online school and then we've got our two hybrid sessions and our teachers say like, I feel like I've got, I'm teaching two different classes like that are all completely full. And I'm like, but you, because you are, mm. um, you know, you have the same amount of kids, but you are. So I think the opportunity that we are faced with is how do we embrace what, what's been put before us? Because the, the thing that bothers me the most is when people say, I didn't sign up for this. And I always say, but we did, we, we did sign up for this because we signed up for kids. So when we sign up for kids, we, we also sign up for everything that comes along with them. And that is very unpredictable. So when we look at teaching in two different schools, which many of our teachers are, and some of them are actually teaching their hybrid kids with their remote kids um, streaming in. Now we don't have that going on, but I know people have that going on as well. So it's managing all of those things. And what I keep saying is we need to work smarter, not harder. So we've, we've talked as a team a lot about, because that was my, my real big challenge and opportunity, was looking at how can I help my teachers feel supported? Because it is, they, they didn't ask for that, but we did sign up for kids. So when we, when we look at that, we look at how are we best going to support one another? We're not going to do it by ourselves. So luckily we've created such a community that our teachers work very, very well together and they do work as little families within each grade. So I said, lean on each other. How can we work smarter in your grade? And so we talked a lot about how we can each do a different lesson. And, and I, could, I could give my lesson to you, Adam, and you can show that to your kids or you could send that home as an asynchronous lesson to go home. And they're like, but, but that's your lesson. Like, okay, and are, are you comfortable with me as a teacher? And they're like, yeah, I, tr I trust them. Do you guys all trust one another? We do. So if you trust your team, then you're going to trust that they're going to put out a great lesson for you, right? So they, so they started sharing lessons and that the, the big sigh of relief when they thought, I'd only have to do one out of these four lessons versus I need to do all four by myself and come up with XYZ2, the ability to share and collaborate and just, they're like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Well, because sometimes, sometimes we do need to have these conversations where we just listen to what's going on around us and how can we share to help each other be better. And I think that doesn't happen unless we open that up to our team to say, let's have time to share. And let's, let's talk about what kind of opportunities are before us right now. And we're about to have one of these. We have um, something, we don't do faculty, faculty meetings at my school. We do um, what we call empower hour because- Great. 
we really like to empower our teachers to talk about what they need at that time. And our next one, we are actually going to talk about what opportunities we're facing right now and how we can help each other conquer that. So just actually listening to people's voices, but more importantly than just listening is responding to it. So when they say, you know, Tara, I can't, I can't, I don't have any mechanism to like, um, to like screencast this, or, you know, I need a microphone because my kids can't hear me. Mm -hmm. Then like, how do we make that happen? So like, the, you know, the gift of listening to what they need to, and responding to that is, is so valuable. So I think just really, to, again, flipping your lens and looking at the opportunities that you have before you, and then utilizing the people that you have there and listening to their voices and to their opinions, because each one of those, there's a kernel of truth in there. Even if it is admiring something, you know, there's a kernel of truth to everything that everybody says. And what is that? And how can we learn and grow from it together? That was perfect timing. And I love it. We have been struggling. We, I mean, how many schools are doing the same thing? You know, like you had mentioned A day, B day, you know, this, you know, we, we went from one school to like four or five schools in some situations and my teachers are burning out and it's not even the end of October. It's not even the end of the birthday month. And we have, I'm going to share that with them. And, and I think we've said it before, but I think sometimes we forget, like we can work together and I'll do, I'll do all these lessons. You do all those. And now we've just, we've killed off three, you know, between my team of three. So I'm going to share that tomorrow with my staff right away reminding them so thanks Tara. yes i love that and i love i love that you said how do we embrace what's been put put before <laughs> us you know we may have all these challenges around us but we signed up for kids and and because of that we're going to do things like empower hour and and talk about what opportunities we're facing right now and there's a, there's a lens right opportunities not not problems not not challenges you know it's an opportunity adam i think we're going to rephrase that question to our guests no more challenges along your journey opportunities along your journey i love it right so here's an opportunity for you jeff would you do empower hour at the high school Ooh, yes, I would. Yes, I would. Because listen, uh, so often, you know, I, 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 I found that in working at all three levels, I found that the high school is, is, um, is, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say hardest to change, but we are, we do a lot of things because it's status quo and it's because we've always done them that way. And, and, and I've only been, this is year four. And so I'm still learning, you know, high school stuff. I feel like I'm still learning. I mean, you know, I think I've always thought that like year three, you hit your stride. Well, for me, it might take you four or five years and don't say anything about my age. Adam. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so I, I, th I think that um, Empower Hour would be very welcome by a lot of staff. Um, I've been known to cancel staff meetings if all I'm going to talk about is something that I could put in an email to you. I don't, we don't do that. We don't do that. But still, it's taken some people some time to get used to oh my gosh, he wants us to talk and, and chart things down and have group, group conversations. You know, this, a lot of people don't like that. They like to sit and get still. And everybody sit at this table if your birthday's in October and sit at this table if your birthday's in September. High school people don't like that nearly as much no. as middle school elementary. No, they don't. Middle school and elementary, I could, I, they loved yeah. it. They did yeah. like it. A lot of my teachers, though, are getting used to it and they know. So if I call, a, it's so funny. If I call a faculty meeting for the cafeteria, that means they're sitting at round tables together and they know they're going to have to collaborate. If I call a faculty meeting for the theater, they know they're sitting in rows and they don't have to, they can just sit and listen. <laughs> so it's so funny. And I'm going to challenge you for a second. Are you ready? 
Yes, I am. Let's go. You said that I think that that they actually like, they prefer the sit and get. Yeah. So I think that they, that, that what it is, is that they would, they don't actually prefer the sit and get. It's just that they can get through that time easier through mm. sitting yet. It's more about, do we really know in which style our kid, our teachers learn best? And in, in what, in what venue do they feel most comfortable? And oftentimes that is different. So there are people, obviously we all learn differently. So if we are not embracing learning styles of our teachers, then it appears that the sit and get is what they prefer because they don't have to truly engage in what you're doing. And their minds are not, again, they're not actively listening. They can sit there and get over with that hour, then, you know, move forward. So I, yes. one of the things I wanted to do away with was people saying, oh, it's a faculty meeting day. You know, yeah. like that, that to me was like, why are we doing this? If our teachers are like, I, that's like kids who don't want to come to your classroom. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep, right. So if right. your if your teachers don't want to come to your meeting, then you need to reevaluate. That's that, on right? me. That's on me. Right. Yep. But we need You're to right. say like, how does that mean that we don't need to do stuff as an entire school? Maybe that's too big. Maybe it's that, you know, there are different groups that meet at different times. Or um, again, when we do Empower Hour, we do, it is um, very much like an ed camp where teachers take on the responsibility of like, they say like, okay, I'd really like to talk to them about this. People have been coming to me asking me, how do you use Flipgrid? How are you utilizing that to enhance your lesson and I was like fine we'll, we'll do that so we put it down as different sessions and then those teachers facilitate and that's so important that's awesome facilitate. they do not run a PD session they facilitate conversation with the people in the room about a topic they ch- that, that their peers chose so when you put it on them if they're going to give up an hour of their time because truly they are and I know we might be putting it on some log that they get back time for what but they really are giving you an hour of their precious day so what do you do then to embrace that hour that they are going to have to walk away thinking that hour was worth my time? Because yes. time is just yes. like one of our most precious commodities, right? I love that. Challenge, challenge accepted. And when my staff listen to this, they're going to be calling you, thanking you. I know it. <laughs> I hope so. They're going to be saying, oh my gosh, she made, she made us do something after school. Like I was I love that. I love that. I want, yeah. I want them, but it's true. I want them saying, I can't wait for that faculty meeting today. You know, like we, like we talk about kids, you know, we, we want them to be knocking down the doors waiting to get back the next day. Right. And you listen to them. them. One of the biggest things we were doing all these fun things and our teacher said, yeah, but the one thing we're missing is food. What if each grade level signed up for a, for a um, empower yeah. hour and we brought food and I was like, and right now that's hard, but before, yeah. like last yeah, year, sure. we started that and they, and they were thrilled because each grade, like only had to do one and they really did it up. And so Love it was it. like, it was fun every time they came, they had food. And then we learned with food. People learn better with food, right? Like, oh yeah. Sure. Of course. Especially at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? You need a, you need to pick me up. Yep. Yes. That's awesome. That's you awesome. Know, hey Jeff, you know, you know, I didn't think that we were supposed to bring people on that were going to like make us feel bad when we leave. Jeez, what the heck happened to that? I, I thought this was for our, that. That was for our listeners. You're good. You, you need to choose your lens, Adam. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel great, and I feel like I've accepted this challenge from Tara. I, I accept you bet. it. I have two lenses, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. so that's great. Uh, Tara, last question. No, it was great. Thank you, Tara. We'll accept that challenge, both of you. There you go. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, last question. What are you hopeful for? Hmm. I am hopeful that we can all embrace more of an equity lens moving forward. 
I, I told you that one of the things that I feel most passionate about is making sure that our bridges between home and school are stronger than ever. And I, I don't think we can do that until we embrace um, the fact that all of our kids need their voices heard and all of our families need their voices heard and they need to feel valued. So how do we do that? And how do we make sure that every child that we come in contact with understands that we appreciate who they are and where they come from and what their beliefs are, even if we might not see eye to eye with them. And that's one of the things that we, we really try hard to talk to our kids about is that um, we all have something different to bring to the table. And we may not always agree, but learning to respectfully disagree about things, yet right. embracing what people bring to the table is such a skill that our kids don't always have um, because they come in with the, the lens of their parents, which is not a bad thing. But if they have not been taught to embrace other people and for who and what they believe, um, then they're not as open to it. So I think it's our job as educators. And that's why I always, you know, like embrace the elementary school model because it's another one of yes. those things where um, we've got a very, very diverse school. We have, we have the largest special ed population. We house all of autistic support for the district. Mm -hmm. We have the highest ESL population, the highest gifted population, and there's like the, the, the just so many different entities in, in one school, right? But our kids never think twice about who they come in contact with because they're used to growing up with kids who do all different sorts of things for all different kinds of reasons. And so when they may ask you why, and that's one thing that's hard for our kids is when somebody says, why do you do that? Or why did you wear that? Or why do you believe that? You know, and then parents right away get uptight and think like, they're questioning my child why they believe that. And I, and I always go back and I say, they are questioning them because we've taught them to be curious. We want our kids to be curious about why you do the things you do so they can understand the why behind it so they can embrace it easier. So really, I'm hopeful that as, a, as, as our school community, as our country, we really do try to embrace more of an equity lens. And really ourselves, we need to identify with where our biases lie because we all have them. And we need to embrace that and see how we can move forward with, you know, by helping those around us embrace an equity lens. I love that. That's hopeful. There's no doubt about it. Thank you. So clear too in your messaging. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's clear that you've thought a lot about that and, and mm -hmm. not only thought a lot, a lot about that, but that comes from your heart, you know, your, your yeah. vision and, and your purpose. So uh, that's much appreciated. And all leaders out there, uh, whether, you're, whether you're an administrator or a teacher or uh, whatever, you need, to, you need to have that, you know, that purpose, that, that understand what your vision is, you know, why, what you're doing, you know. I love that. And that, was, that came through loud and clear, Tara. So thank you for that. Oh, thanks. I, I I honestly couldn't do it. We, we talk a lot about um, the power of our PLN and all of mm. us have talked about that in different For venues. Sure. And honestly, I could, would not be where I am today nor have the lens that I have without the people that I've surrounded myself with. I think that my lens has, ch has changed so much over the last two years. I, I, I try to reflect on that all the time, where I was and where I am now and what I believed and what I believe now. And that was heavily, heavily impacted by people that I've never met in person. Absolutely. 
um, and but yet have had phenomenal conversations with either via Twitter or over Voxer or over Zoom like this. I think that's one of the blessings COVID brought us. I can't tell you how many times I've been on a Zoom meeting and I know we talk about Zooms getting, you know, like getting tired of doing them, yeah. but I'm never tired of being on a Zoom with people who have the same vision and motivation. And we may all come from different places, but there's so much to be gleaned from that. So there is just so much power in finding your people, people mm, who- For sure the same thing you do and yep. I think that keeps happening and you put yourself in the right places and you just keep meeting the right people yeah you know Adam and I talk about that all the time you know and just um, the power of the your professional learning network and I hope that I, I meet uh, these people someday yourself included but um, you know I mean it's it's such a powerful impact that it's had on on uh, my life and I know Adam can say the same thing so same thing Okay, Absolutely. Well, Tara, listen, this has been an incredible, incredible uh, chat tonight. And I so appreciate it. And I know Adam does too. Uh, you spending the time with us on the Principal Leadership Lab tonight. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been great being here. Listen, if people want to contact you, including my staff, to thank you, you know, for the you know, staff <laughs> meeting idea, how, how can they reach you? I will let all the thank yous come right to you. They, you deserve every single thank you, Jeff. Um, you can, I, the, the best place to find me is on Twitter, um, but um, I am Tara underscore Desiderio on Twitter. Um, same on Instagram. I am on Facebook too, but honestly, um, you can find me by just searching up my school too and, oh. um, and connect via our, an email, whatever's best for you. But uh, honestly, I think one of the best gifts we can give people is just being there. So if, if this connected or resonated with anyone and you want to connect because you feel like you've got questions or you want to just chat with someone, I'm here to do that. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And we'll put those, uh, we'll put all those links in the show notes when the episode publishes. And, um, and uh, I know this episode is really going to resonate with a lot of people. So thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you. All right, Adam. Take thank us you. home, Jeff. All right. Yeah. From the Principal Leadership Lab, we'll catch you all next time. Thanks, Tara. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Principal Leadership Lab. Feel free to connect with us in between episodes on Twitter and on Instagram. All of our information is included within our show notes. Until next time, this is Adam signing off for the Principal Leadership Lab.